Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also get us anywhere where uh, you get your favorite podcasts. You can listen back, pause it, pick it up where you left off, listen at your time. It doesn't have to necessarily be the three to six scheduled time. And enjoy the show when you want to enjoy the show, because that's what we want to do. We want to cater to you guys. We want you guys to listen when you guys want to listen. So get the Odyssey app, get the podcast, listen live on WILK FMAM. It's 3.09 here at the station, um, 83 degrees, and the, the they say the air is just polluted. <laughs> that's literally what my computer says, air polluted, the air quality. Um, we're on the an orange alert today again. Uh, It was supposed to clear out today. It did not. It's sticking around again. There are some areas. I just looked at the map before I came on the air. There are some areas up in the north Montrose area, uh, up by me, that uh, you're looking at the red again. Uh, You know, very poor quality air for anyone. So, uh, you know, avoid your outside activities. Avoid uh, doing anything strenuous outside. It's a hot day outside. You know, it says only 83, but with the humidity and that haze, it just feels hotter. Just And everyone on the media is talking about the heat, you know, across the nation, you know, even even across the world, around the world, there's places, you know, Italy, they're saying is baking as well. And uh, what's, what's interesting is they said that uh, Phoenix, Arizona, just, just surpassed one of its records of the hot, most extended days over 110 degrees. I think they just hit 18, and that, that broke a record from back in 1970. So back in 1970, they had a string of days that was also you know, 110 degrees and higher. Back then, this is what happens every couple of decades. It's the cycles of the weather patterns and the heat and just the way summers are in the world. So uh, we'll have to put up with it or you don't put up with it. You find a nice air-conditioned place, you air-condition your home, you go to the the shopping malls, you go to some place with some AC. If you don't have it at home yourself, you know, you set that fan up. It does cool down at nice at nights nicely here. Uh, that's one of the things I like about Northeast Pennsylvania. It's one of the things I fight with my wife about to this day, why we haven't, you know, installed central air conditioning or a split unit or or whatever is desired there. You know, I I do have a a ventless unit upstairs. I do have a window unit downstairs. And um you know, that's what we use. We use it for the couple of weeks that we do have that hot weather. Sometimes it's in July, sometimes it's in August, but we have that stretch of one or two, maybe three weeks where it gets really hot, it gets uncomfortable. Uh, it'll cool down at night, but it's just muggy instead. It's more the mugginess and the humidity that uh, that gets to me rather than the hot weather because as long as it's not sticky, you know, it, it's fine. And at night, like I said, it goes down into the 50s. You put a fan in the window, it cools down the house, and you're good to go. There's a lot, lot going on today. Uh, we're going to mix things up as far as the schedule, what we normally do on the Rob O'Donnell show. We're probably going to uh, not do a Rob's rundown today. You know, I was just finishing up my my uh, my schedule this morning on what I was going to talk about today, doing my research, and I just started looking into some topics and some headlines for Rob's rundown, and then the news broke of the Trump story. So, so we're going to bump that into the 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 two twenty uh, three twenty hour here. Instead of Rob's rundown, we'll talk about that breaking news. We'll see what it entails and, and what it is and what it isn't. You know, it's, it's not really unexpected, but, it, you know, it, it broke today, so we'll talk about it today. One of the other things I wanted to talk about, you know, opening up the show, and, and, I, and I picked the 3 o'clock hour specifically because it is, is it, it is school-related. 
I know school's out of session, but a lot of people listen during this time that are involved with the schools. This is the time, you know, school staff gets out of school. Parents are picking up their kids. So, you know, I moved it to this area to talk about because if you remember last week, we talked about the director of safety resigning from the Scranton School District because he wanted to put this all-encompassing safety plan in for the school. Uh, he built their department from scratch. It's it's doing a very good job from all metrics that I've seen and all the comments that I've seen. He was very well liked from the community staff and and everything. So whatever that whatever that loggerheads is where he said, hey, I can't work under these conditions, I'm not going to put my reputation under these conditions, uh, caused him to leave. And, and whatever that be, I wish him the best. Hopefully, you know, a school district or another entity where he's allowed to use his expertise because he was the security expert that they hired to do a certain job and then second-guess that job. And that's just not the place of people who do not have the skill set, who sit on skill boards or school administrators that know zero about public safety, know zero about what it takes to keep someone safe. They're educators. They're school board members. Stick with what you know. And uh, that's pretty much what I have to say about that. But this court case came, uh, and it it kind of sums up the issues we're having in our school systems, you know, especially the Scranton School District. And, and this is about a court case that is coming about a stabbing and a murder around the Scranton High School uh, where an 18-year-old was uh, stabbed and killed last year. Um, but it was just before this fight, he was wielding a machete in another fight. And the, the argument here is that the, the defense attorney wants the evidence of the teen's earlier fight to go before the jurors in a Scranton murder case because it shows uh, some kind of intent. It put context to the, the, the murder. And this is a strategy that defense attorneys do use. Prosecutors use it too. There's a lot of things you'd be amazed at. Now, if, if you've ever been involved in a, a case, especially a homicide case or some case like that, where if it's not related to that case directly, they try to admit it, omit it. They try not to let it in. Now, allegedly, just before this fight where this individual was killed, there was another dis- uh, dis- dispute where he wielded a machete. And it was sometime before this fight took place, but then this fight takes place, and the individual who was wielding the machete at an earlier fight, I don't think he was wielding the machete in the second fight, but he ends up getting stabbed and killed by this individual. The thing that... Uh, and, and the 17-year-old... Who killed him is charged with first and third degree murder, aggravated assault, conspiracy to commit aggravated assault, simple assault, reckless endangering of another person, and he pled not guilty. Now, uh, law enforcement officials said the stabbing grew out of a gang dispute. Two other teenagers arrested in the fight face prosecution in juvenile court. So here you had multiple fights. You had juveniles, so people under the age of 16. You have a 17-year-old that's charged with murder. You have an 18-year-old who was in a fight earlier with a machete and ends up getting killed in this second fight. This is all around our school districts. This is stemming from what's going on in school. This was after school. It was a fight. And, uh, you know, the juveniles are being handled in juvenile court, but they're the the key things to to pick on here and and what i grabbed up right away is these were all gang disputes and these weren't only gang disputes these were gang dis- disputes with juveniles and people up until the age of 18 
They were armed gang disputes because there's a machete involved. There was obviously a knife that the, in the second assault because there was a stabbing that killed the original gentleman. Now, the court, the court parlay, the court chess game that's going on in the story that I read really doesn't concern me as much because it's typical court stuff. They're trying to keep out post-arrest statements um, where some of the juveniles, some of the, the defendants in this case made what they call uncharitable comments. And there's a reason you're reading all this in the newspaper because both sides know they're arguing whether a jury should be able to see this evidence. Well, I'm letting you know right now that any jury member in the pool for Lackawanna County is reading or has knowledge of this now. That's one of the things they put out there. And they'll ask the people, hey, do you know about this, you know, the, the, the issues that happened before this case? If people are genuine or people are not genuine, you know, that, that just goes to what the jury trials are of now. But these things are put out there purposely to taint the jury pool. I mean, it's as simple as that. They're putting their argument that's before a judge. This argument before a judge is what we should tell the public and what we shouldn't tell the public who's going to be on a jury to decide this case. And then they post it in the newspaper, and both sides give statements. Both sides give details to the reporters. And it's not, it's not the news's fault. The news is trying to report news. It's the court's fault. It's both attorneys' faults. It, it's, it's that fault. But the whole fight in court, the whole motions that they're going through is to keep all this stuff secret, and then they put it in the newspaper for everybody to read for a trial that hasn't happened yet. This is all done by design. Don't let it fool you. If you don't think it's, it taints a jury pool, it does. It puts information out there that you normally wouldn't get if you were in a vacuum and looking at a, ju- at, at a juror's point. The point that I want to make more, the, the, the focus I want to bring is, is the actions of the Scranton School District in allowing a very good asset who wanted to do great things for the public safety of the Scranton School District to walk out the door when things like this are going on. Now, this wasn't in the school. You know, this, this uh, happened on June 22nd. Accused him of stabbing uh, during a fight about a fight by 3 West Olive Street near Scranton High School, where one of the students attended as a junior. Again, again, it says right in the story, it grew out of a gang dispute. So, if you are a parent who have children that go to the Scranton High School, I'd be concerned. Now, again, this was outside of the school, but... The intel that the school resource officers get, the intel that a school safety department gets, the checking for the weapons, the, 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 the things that encompass making a safe environment for our kids is less now because they let this former Secret Service agent who was doing a great job building a security department and program at Scranton High School and the Scranton School District as a whole walk out the door. All while they know this just happened last year. This is what happens in schools across America now. More so in our inner cities, but we just showed here that it's happening here. It's happening in Wilkesbury schools. It's happening in Hazleton schools. We, we've see, we see the headlines. Gang activity, weapons, stabbings. Now, there was, no, there was obviously a fight just before this fight where the guy was wielding a machete, and there was no intervention 
by law enforcement. Enough so that there was felt enabled to do a second, have a second fight where somebody was stabbed and killed. And again, no fault of anybody. Who called? Did they call? These kids, a lot of times, especially gangs, want to settle these things on their own. They want to see who's tougher. They want to use this childish grounds, you know, this is my territory type thing. But it's happening in our backyard. It's happening in our backyard while supposed leaders are letting security experts walk out the door, while they're letting our schools become less safe because of whatever disagreements they have. And again, I don't know what they are. All I know is they let a very experienced person who had a great plan, who wanted to do good things for the safety of our children in in the Scranton School District, walk out the door while you have gang activity, while you have stabbings, while you have people bringing machetes to the, the vicinity of the school. And that is a huge red flag if I was a parent in Scranton School District. So, you know, I just want to leave it at that with, with, uh, with uh, this story there and put, keep the focus on that. It's 321 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 325, 83 degrees with that uh, polluted haze outside. There's no other way to describe it. It's, it's not too bad. We're in the yellow. There are some places up north that are in the orange. Well, if you heard the commercial break, uh, I guess the cat's out of the bag. Yes, I'm doing Be the New You. And uh, I'm telling you, the commercial said, said it for itself. Um, 13 pounds in seven days is what I lost. I'm into the second week now, and uh, we'll see what happens when I check in uh, the end of this week. But, uh, yeah, you guys are going to come along with me for this journey. Uh, you know, We can all take our health a little better, and uh, it, it's doing amazing things. I feel, I feel good. I have more energy, surprisingly. I'm really surprised. I, I do. And uh, it's been a great journey so far, and I'm looking forward to see uh, where it takes me. So now that that's out of the bag, let's go to the the big breaking news of the day. You know, I'm sure you're all chomping at the bit uh, with it, but was it really unexpected where uh, former President Donald Trump was given a subject letter by the Department of Justice special prosecutor in regards to the January 6th uh, incident? So uh, basically, when you get a subject letter by the DOJ, they're telling you that they have enough evidence to charge you in a crime. And they're giving you the opportunity to testify on your defense before the grand jury. Now, from my understanding with the letter, they've given him only four days, which is unusual. That's a, that's a tight time frame for them to give him. But they've given him four days to uh, choose to appear before the grand jury and answer questions under oath. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that, like other cases he's had, he's not going to choose that option. But uh, I would believe that charges are forthcoming sometime late next week by the time frame that they're given. Um, It appears when you're given a subject letter, they they are pretty much telling you you are going to get charged, you are going to get indicted by a grand jury. They have the the evidence they believe to charge you with a crime. What it is going to be, who knows? I mean, you can listen to the legal experts. I'm not going to try and be a legal expert. Uh, It's more so of the the letter that he did get. And again, it was him himself on his Truth Social that put that out there, stating that he was uh, he, received, he did receive, him and his lawyers did receive the subject letter, which I don't mind that. he I mean, that's within his right to announce that. It's when it's leaked by other means that I have a problem. It's, it's when it's leaked through prosecutors or through 
their media contacts where this information is getting out there and watch to see if there's anything like that. We saw it in the other cases. And it's truly, listen, if, if you want to go down this road, at least be above bar. And they haven't been as far as their leaks because they've been leaking pieces of evidence. You know, with the sealed indictment, they were leaking what exactly was being, you know, the charged. And, and it's just not the way these things should work. It's not the way a blind justice system should work. If you want to go down this road, then at least be above bar when you do it. And that doesn't even take into consideration the the whole thing with it. Um, you, you know, it's just one of those things. This is the third indictment that he would be getting. Uh, there's a fourth maybe pending with the Georgia elections issue. But, the you know, I'll give credit here. The spokesman for the special counsel, Jack Smith, whose office is leading the investigation, declined to comment on everything. So the only comment we have now is from Donald Trump, you know, and well, from Donald Trump. His lawyers haven't made a comment as of yet. But this is in relation to the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. Um, And we don't know what they have. We don't know what evidence they have. I know if you watch the congressional hearings, if you watch there, there was manipulation of what was actually said to what was they state was said, you know, as far as his tweets, as far as his speeches at the Capitol to tell people to be peaceful, to, to not, you know, confront the police and such like that. And, you know, I, I've seen them. We've seen them for ourselves. And then they turn around and say he was he was instilling a riot. He was uh, encouraging the riot. I didn't see that in anything he said. Now, there might be stuff behind the scenes, private messages, private meetings where they have witnesses to that I don't know and you don't know. And like I said, if they want to go down this road, I don't know what they seem to gain here. I don't know what their end game is because every time they've done this, he's become more popular in the polls. Now, there's been some slight movements in the role in the in the polls where in, in some key states, DeSantis is moving up. He's nowhere near Donald Trump's numbers, but he is moving up. And Donald Trump has kind of stayed where he is or or decreased you know, by a point or two. Does that make a difference? You know, I don't know. We'll have to see what that means. And. and We'll wait till a charge and an indictment is here. Um, you know, if it works the way it's been working in the fr- in the past, usually it happens during my show on a Thursday or Friday. Hopefully, I can get a hold of the indictment like I have in the past. You know, prior to most people and and getting you some inside information on it. Nothing that won't be public within thirty seconds or a minute afterwards when the other news agencies get it. And we'll talk about whatever is being indicted here. If they try to overcharge, if they try to go in a direction that that's just so weak and thin that it just makes people shake their heads. I mean, it's already making people shake their heads. And uh, their multi-front attack on the person called former President Donald J. Trump is not is not subsiding in any way. There is no calls from that. That they they dislike the man, and I, I think it's safe to say they they hate the man, and they will do everything they can to see that he no longer has anything to do with politics again. And I don't think they'll stop till they will. I mean, my honest opinion is they will not stop till he's either out of politics altogether, or gets you know at least a prison sentence, be it if serving it or not. I don't think that even matters at this point. I don't think they won't even want to put him in jail. They just want a guilty verdict somewhere 
as far as, you know, his actions, his actions as the person, his actions as the president. I'm not talking about his personal stuff. I'm not talking about civil suits. A lot of what they've thrown at him, you know, has has been found to be nothing. A lot of the things they've thrown at him that that the mainstream media and people on stations like this hung on to. The dossier, you know, the the laptop, the the whole there's a whole list of things that just turned out to be absolutely nothing. So you have to go into these things with open eyes and open ears and see where they're gonna see where they're gonna land. But it looks like I would say by the end of next week, there will probably be a grand jury indictment, if not shortly after that, because of the subject letter that was received by former President Donald Trump today. It's uh, 3.32 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 3.38 here, 83 degrees with that uh, ugly haze outside, but it's sunny out, so enjoy the day if you can. Did you guys catch the story of this real-life castaway? This rescued Australian man who was adrift at sea for three months in the Pacific with his dog. And they're both grateful to be alive, I'm sure. Uh, Australian Timothy Lindsay Shattuck gave the thumbs up during a welcoming ceremony with Grupo Mar President Antonio Suarez. That's the fishing fleet, tuna fleet that saved him. And uh, he left, uh, he disembarked in the Mexico City of Manzillo after being uh, on his catamaran. And he uh, was, was I'm just looking through the, the where he left out of now. He was in, uh, he set out of April for Mexico's Baja Peninsula to cross the Pacific Ocean to the French Polynesia. Uh, he had some bad weather, and it disabled his catamaran, knocking out all power. And um, he lived, both him and the dog, lived off rainwater and survived on raw fish because he had plenty of provisions, but he lost his ability to cook. So uh, his statement where there were many, many, many bad days and many good days, he said. The energy, the fatigue is the hardest part, he said. He passed his time fixing things and stayed positive by going into the water just to enjoy being in the water. But he was out at sea for three months with his dog. And uh, it's just an amazing story of of perseverance. It said uh, his catamaran was about 1,200 miles from land when it was spotted by the uh, tuna fleet's helicopter, spotting helicopter. And, um, you know, they sent a rescue boat out to meet him. The, The helicopter operator threw him some something to drink and left and radioed the 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 nearest fleet ship the tuna fleet and this mexican tuna fleet boat sent one of their speedboats out to rescue both him and, and his dog doesn't say the dog's name but uh, there's a picture of him giving the thumbs up and he literally looks like tom hanks from castaway he's got the beard the long hair you know he's kind of burnt up you know the the leathery skin because he's been out I'm sure, uh, fighting the elements. But it's just an amazing story, and I love reading stories like this. Um, Yeah, he was just uh, found on July 18th after being adrift with his dog for three months. The pair was rescued by a crew of the tuna boat owned by Group Omar from the incapacitated catamaran in the Pacific Ocean some 1,200 miles from land. Uh, it's just an outstanding story, and uh, it's just an amazing 
feet, and I'm sure both him and his dog will be lifelong partners side by side from this point on. Because three months out at sea, um, I don't know. That would be that would be a test. You know, I I could go three months in a cabin somewhere by myself with a dog, not a problem. I can do a lot of things, but three months at sea on a catamaran that's kind of just drifting among itself and living off rainwater. He did have some provisions, so I'm sure there were other things he could have had that were raw and raw fish. You know, obviously he had some kind of fishing gear or nets to get the fish. I mean, it was a full-stocked catamaran that he was planning on crossing the Pacific, but it's just it's just a true story of perseverance and the human nature to survive. And and I love when I see stories like this, but uh, you know, with the with the hit movie Castaway that was not too long ago, this this guy looks just like Tom Hanks from the movie. So uh just figured I'd pass it along to you guys. It's 3.42 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 3.45 here, 83 degrees with that uh, ugly haze outside. That's all, all we can say about it. You know, if you have some sensitive lung conditions, if you have uh, respiratory issues, you may want to stay out of the, the elements today and, uh, you know, stay in the air conditioning. We were talking about the Donald Trump indictment earlier. Uh, you can call a Texas show at 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, Ray from Mountaintop on the Trump indictment. Ray. You know, Rob, it's, uh, first of all, I really enjoy your show, and thank you for so much for the work you do. I appreciate uh, it, Ray. You know, the, uh, the, indictment, the whole indictment situation is when you get to be older and look at the reality, the Democrat Party, for as long as I can remember, and that goes back into the Eisenhower administration, has been a one-trick pony. They hated Richard Nixon, hated him, hounded him out of office. Turns out, Richard Nixon, compared to John Kennedy, compared to Lyndon Johnson, compared to Jimmy Carter, was a fabulous president. They hated Ronald Reagan. If they could, they would have hounded him out of office. They've just been the party, the party of hatred for as long as I can remember. And the reason is, Rob, because they can't talk about the issues. I mean, if you go down the issues, taxes, most people feel that taxes are outrageous. They want to raise them. The military, most people feel that our military needs to be capable to, capable to fight a war at the drop of a hat, so it doesn't have to. They want our military to be a, an experiment in some form of uh, uh, social engineering. But they believe that we need a bigger government. How many Americans do you know of would really knowingly vote for a much bigger government? Are you serious? I mean, they are wrong, Rob, on every issue at every time. And, and, and they've gotten got worse, and they've gotten worse with the socialist progressive issues that you, that have kind of infiltrated and even pulled them further over. But you're 100% correct, Ray. They need these issues. They need, they need to paint the police in this nation as bad because they need you. They need them to make it seem like you need them to protect you from them because they're going to be the only stopgap there. They need you to think that your lives, you're not going to have a good-paying job. You're not going to get the benefits you need. You're not, the, the market's not going to propel you 
you to as a needed employee. You need them to make rules and regulations and and policies to ensure that you're a valued employee. And we all know that that's not the case. To tell you how to lead your life, and it's and it's it just goes on and on and on. And to anybody who listens, their guns are focused at Trump now. If someone comes along who's as effective as Trump, as knowledgeable as Trump, as worthwhile as Trump has, is they'll do the same thing to them. They, they've already to- they've already done it, Ray. They, the, the the Democrats are attacking Ron DeSantis more than uh, Donald Trump is attacked than they are Don, Donald Trump. They've uh, already uh, shown uh, that they will just switch their target. And the bottom line is. We do have a president right now who is a crook, certifiable crook. We have a Department of Justice that's a wholly affiliated subsidiary of the Democrat Party. Well, Ray, we're going to have to leave it there. They're surely not blind. I appreciate your call, Ray, but the justice system is surely not blind. We know that for sure. It's time for the Bloomberg Money Minute here on the Rob O'Donnell Show. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 355 here at Station 83 Degrees. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. Got a predictable text messages. Like to know Republicans' plans for Social Security, Medicare, and health insurance. Well, I'll tell you right now, Texter, there better be a plan. I don't care if it's who it's by for Social Security and Medicare. Uh, health insurance, I think they've damaged that to the extent where they did. And, and, and I can give you some personal recollections with that. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to be a health insurance expert, but Social Security and Medicare, something needs to be done. If you look at the what Social Security was based off of for the for the for the decades prior to the past twenty years, Social Security was a pyramid. You had the bottom base of that pyramid; those are your workers, supporting that pyramid, narrowing to the top, the people getting older and retiring, and that's the way it should be. You had this huge base of workers, employees, that were paying into Social Security and Medicare that were able to support that narrowing field going up. Now, in this day and age, with the increased lifespan, people retiring earlier, if you look at a graph of Social Security, it looks like a rectangle. There are the same people at the bottom and the same amount of people on the top. That is financially unstable. It is unsustainable. They tell us right now, both sides tell us right now, 10 years, they're going to have to cut it by 20, 30%. After that, it's going to go down even more. It is unsustainable. So what are the fixes for Social Security and Medicare? Well, get rid of the $172,000 limit, for starters. Let's increase enforcement for abuse of Social Security disability, Medicare disability, Medicare billing. We all have elderly parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, we see what the hospitals and the doctors do. Medicare is going to pay for it. Well, we'll just give them that test. Give them this test. Give them another test. Give them another test. We'll start coming down on them for those un- needless tests. There's a myriad of things we can do to fix it. And this isn't a Republican thing. It's not a Democrat thing. Social Security and Medicare needs to be fixed. You want to go into health care? Yeah, sure. I had a great health care plan. Largest municipal union in the United States. The New York City employment system. I was paying Aetna, U.S. Healthcare. They combined at one point, but it was Aetna, U.S. Healthcare. 
My premiums for my family of five were $379 a month. Paid for everything soup to nuts. Obamacare came along. That started creeping up. I finally left Aetna U.S. Healthcare two years ago because I couldn't, I couldn't afford it anymore. It was $1,400 a month. So it went from three seventy-five fifteen 15 years ago, 16 years ago, three seventy-nine a month, $379, to $1,400 a month. It was unsustainable. So now I have another plan that's less. I have to travel further for doctors. I have higher co-pays. I have higher deductibles. Sometimes I have to travel 150, 200 miles to find a specialist. So that's what they did to health care. So this whole thing that they made it easier for people, I'm sorry. There are fixes. There must be fixes for Social Security, Medicare. But what's going on is anyone who brings it up from any political party is immediately demonized. They want to cut Social Security. They want to cut Medicare. Look at this one wants to do this. No. No one wants to cut anything. But it must be fixed. Come to that reality. It must be fixed. It is simple as that. And anyone says they're not going to ever touch it is lying to you. They're lying to you point blank to your face because it must be fixed within 10 years or it's being reduced 30%. That's the hard, honest truth that no one wants to hear. That's the hard, honest truth that no politician will ever tell you. And anyone who does is immediately demonized. So let's get to the facts there when it comes to things like Social Security, Medicare, and our health care system. That's not a Republican thing. It's not a Democrat thing. It must be fixed by I don't care who. But either we fix it or we don't. It's broke. It's 359 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute.